Okay, so welcome everybody to this podcast featuring myself, Rowan Garlow, Michael Angelo, and Justin Downey. And we are so, the pre-conversation to recording this has already been too much. So we're really excited to talk about all the things that we're going to share. To start, we're each just going to tell you very briefly who we are why we came together to do this. And then we're gonna drop into a practice, a heart awareness practice so that your body is prepared for the transmission and the conversation that we're gonna bring forward today. So I am Rowan Garlow. I am a trauma recovery practitioner and I work with the nervous system. I work with soul retrieval and hearts work and these two people here are just men who are so intelligent and so embodied and i appreciate both of them so much and i truly truly feel like this conversation is ordained by god like god told me bitch get these people in the same room because what the fuck is about to pop off is going to activate people. It's going to activate them into remembrance of who they are, of why they're here, of how they can continue to move forward in greater wholeness. So I am so fucking excited to have you guys here and I'll pass it over to you, Justin, to just tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, yeah, hi everyone. Um, my name is Justin Downey. I reside in the Boston area. Um, I am currently working on a couple different things and figuring out a, a coaching program for myself to kind of step into this realm of trauma and integration. Um, I, I have a 200 hour yoga teacher training certification from Balance Studios. I am a seeker. I've been on the path for quite a few years now. I, I, pretty well-rounded study uh, uh, Buddhism, Hinduism, and lately the last couple of years have been mostly esoteric Christianity and anthroposophy per Rudolf Steiner um, and um, a lot of heart embodiment practices uh, from Steiner and Robert Sardello um, tapping into a different realm of consciousness that is more feeling and intuition than uh, hardened um, abstract thinking. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just a seeker. And, you know, my passion is trying to help other human beings um, discover, you know, their true nature and, and discover why, why, why we're here. Cause it, the world seems a little, no one seems to know why we're here right now. And it's a pretty heavy time. And um, that's just kind of my passion and who I am and what I'm trying to do. So thank you for the introduction, Ron. And we'll pass it over to Michael to introduce himself. It's together. I'm excited to be here. Uh, my name is Michael Angelo. I am an embodiment facilitator. 
um, and I sprinkle in a ton of spiritual mentorship into my work as well. Um, the main focus of my work is somatic and um, also work in the realm of trauma recovery, integration, um, and really my intention and whole focus the past few years has been the cross-section between embodiment and spiritual development. Like how can we actually integrate the somatic trauma recovery process? How does that parallel and correlate to the, to the spiritual initiation or awakening remembrance process? And how can we honor both? Because I think that's so important in this time and I have a feeling we'll be touching on this kind of like, we're like bridging in, in so many ways in this conversation, I think we're gonna be bridging duality and bridging two different forms of consciousness into a new consciousness. Um, so that has been kind of just what I've been tracking the past few years, been studying just a lot about um, reality creation, uh, phenomenology, also very into Steiner and so excited to be with another student of Robert Sardello's. Very hard to find that. <laughs> um, so, I'm really excited for what's going to come through and just an invitation. I know we've touched on this, but before Justin leads us through like a, a, a heart practice, just an invitation for everyone listening to feel your body, you know, just feel your body in space as we're here speaking. Um, because even if certain things don't land intellectually, they will, you know, subconsciously or somatically, or we could say energetically. Um, so with that, Thank you so much for putting this together, Rowan. I'm excited. Okay, and we're gonna go into the heart exercise, but I also just wanna say, so Gigi Young <clears throat> was the person who got me into Steiner because everybody kept telling me, Gigi Young, you know, da -da -da -da, and I was just like, what the heck? And so I finally looked at it and I was like, what? So Gigi Young changed the game for me. She's a little too academic for some people, like her delivery, but, uh, I've heard that from a lot of people, um, but it is, it's a really good like recapitulation. I actually learned that word from her. It's a good recapitulation of Steiner's work and she goes into theosophy and she also wraps so much of it into modern times, which is really what we're meant to do. And I think hopefully what this conversation and even this heart practice is going to do is it's going to bring all of that into the present moment and how does that apply to us now because it surely does <laughs> it really applies to us okay so just lead us through the exercise um yeah i will i just wanted to say rowan i love Gigi young you know she's phenomenal to listen to she she's also really opened me up to steiner in deeper ways too and the work of douglas gabriel and uh i have to give my, my guy, a little shout out on here, you know, um, the person that I work with in my personal life on this, that I have the pleasure of being able to sit with in face-to-face -face and spiritual community is a man by the name of Piers Kanyuka. And uh, he's probably the most well-versed uh, person I've ever encountered in my life on Steiner and Anthroposophy and Robert Sardello. And he changed the entire course of my life. And I think that's a lot of what we're going to be talking about here is that that's how, you know, that really is what we are saying, right? This is the Christ impulse. It works through soul to soul to soul. It, it is human beings passing this heart, awareness, love, 
um, community. And we'll get, I think we're going to get into that a lot in this conversation too, the importance of heart centered community, right? Especially in a time like this. Um, but the practice, I'll start the practice quick. I'll do a five to seven minute thing and just, so both Michael and Roland and then whoever's going to be listening to this just for a second, just turn your gaze away from your device. Um, you don't have to take off screen or anything, but just, you know, don't focus on the device itself. You're just going to start breathing, but it's not going to be a typical Ujjayi nose breathing that you hear, you read and feel a lot in a lot of meditations and Eastern traditions. I want you to take all these breaths in through the mouth. Because essentially what we're trying to do when we get into the heart is take the head offline. So we want the concentration in the body. So breathing into the mouth. And just noticing the breath fill up the body. And feeling your body's depth and weight. shortly after you start the inhalation process you should come online with your heartbeat silence and your awareness with silence and your relationship with silence I want you to take your awareness away from the room and try to establish silence around you. We're gonna bring silence inward into the body. So first I just want you to feel the silence around you, around your physical body and in the room. And I want you with your awareness to bring that silence closer closer to your physical body until you feel it right on the outer periphery of your skin almost like a finger was gently grazing up and down your arm in the boundary of silence Taking your awareness, I just want you to step into your body and bring that, dissolve that boundary and bring that silence into your body, into your heart. And inwardly say heart. Deeper. 
deeper. Deeper. I want you to feel that silence, that awareness around the periphery of the physical organ of your heart. Invite your awareness and your heart to merge. Inwardly say, she feels. You just explore that heart region. When you inhale and fill up the body, bring your awareness into the back of your heart space so you can feel your breath and the, your back body rise. When you exhale, pushing that breath right through the center of your heart. washing the heart its own awareness. Inhale back body. Exhale. Push it through the center, washing the heart. She feels. Just explore the depth of your body, the vastness. The pure effortless awareness that you are. the intimacy, the compassion, the love. The absence of thoughts. The radiance. Connection. swim in the ocean of silence. And coming back into the room. Just gently open your eyes. Listen to this conversation from a different center, from a slowed down place. And that was the whole purpose of that practice is to put everybody listening into a slower, more intentional space. 
Thank you. I'm almost like too blitzed out from that. I gotta like get my <laughs> faculties back. <laughs> I know it's a lot. Also, my heart popped twice at the end. Like I felt like this popping sensation, which is not unusual. Like I have a heart condition, so sometimes my heart does pop, but like I haven't felt that in probably several, I don't know, I can't remember, like last days, couple days, weeks or something. And so I was like, whoa, it, at, right at the end, it kind of did that. And I don't know, I guess I took it in a positive way as something like kind of resetting or like discharging from my heart. Mm -hmm. um, and I could really feel myself sink, like at the end, like take up my whole body and and yeah, have a lot of love and compassion for the intimacy that I have with my own being. And I actually felt completely silent in my mind, which is not always easy to do. But no, not easy at all. Maybe another day I wouldn't be able to do that. But just in this moment, I was able to sink completely into my body. So that was my experience of that. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, Justin. I can feel your practice through you sharing the practice. Like I felt the silence being transmitted from you, which made it easier for me to tap into that silence because it is a, a presence, right? It is a living yeah. force. And I'm loving how we opened like this because, um, because when you're attuned to that and you can feel the silence and you can feel that presence as you're speaking and communing, that it, it's, it starts to speak you, right? And it's like something else starts to move through you. And to me, it reminds me of, um, There's a, a quote in, in the Bible, and I, I feel a little like I want to set some context. Even just me saying that might trigger some people, right? Like bringing up the Bible. But I think people will come to understand that the things we're talking about today, the esoteric side to some of these Christianity pieces are very, very different than how they've been presented um, in the mainstream. But it was something along the lines of like um, not planning what you have to say, because then we're operating from the mind, from this conceptual, like analytical, premeditated posture. Whereas when we're in that silence and that heart awareness, it's like something like the, the unity can act through our individuality mm -hmm. at that point. And I love that you brought in the, uh, the she feels, right? I love that because it's, it points to the fact that the bodily heart intelligence, like the Sophie, the, the Sophia consciousness, right? Like it's a distinctly feminine yeah. consciousness. Yeah. And it's like this living feminine principle. And that's the piece that was cut out of traditional Christianity and cut out of a lot of even Eastern spirituality, not all of it, but a lot of it. Um, this this movement towards transcendence and consciousness and this leaving of the body. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that gives us a taste of 
of what we what we are being called into through this like feminine impulse this feminine initiation of like imminence like bringing the divine down into the body and into like our community how we're relating like all these these kind of pieces that we're touching on and so i thought that was a great practice man thank you for bringing you're welcome you welcome thank you and thank you to everybody who's going to be listening to this for joining it's it's weird when i do that practice with people it's it, i especially when i'm when, especially when i'm leading it for people i feel like i'm like um entering in, into the people around me with 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 it like uh little somatic things that happen to my body when I'm leading it is I, I, I come very, even as I'm speaking, I come very, very, very in tune with my own heart. And uh, one thing that it always does and that I love, and this is what I've always I've equated it to for practicing it so much, that heart resonance will come right up my chest to the right side of my neck and come in my ear will start pulsating. And it's bringing me into a deeper center of intently listening to people afterwards i noticed that my list so that's how i kind of equated that connection was i noticed that when i would sit in circles and do that heart practice um at the alcyon center my listening would just be like opened up to a whole other level right and we would you know that practice that that place is so special i've been telling rowan about it for a while now and i've given her an open invite and you know, you would open invite Michael if it ever interests you to come. Uh, it's in Maine. It is a center, a, a spiritual center uh, up near the Acadia National Park. And, you know, pretty much they base, they do different cornerstones and groups there. They're, most of the work there is either through the lens of Sardello, uh, Steiner, um, and that heart practice is a, a, a huge piece of it. And what that heart practice has taught me over time um is yes embody that feminine principle that more feeling and devotional part of myself right to get me out of here the intellect that's that 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 makes human beings just a total prisoner it really it it, you know it it does a lot of good but then you know it's a certain point it like it's almost like when like Frankenstein turns on Dr. Frankenstein, right? She starts, you know, people consume themselves in their intellect and they don't really know anything about getting into this bodily place and that resonance place. The heart consciousness is slower. It's slow. So, you know, think about the women in my life throughout the course of my life, uh, your life, Michael, or your life, Rowan, and you being a woman, when I sit with women and talk to them, women just naturally have that listening skill, like down, you know? I think this world, we should just turn it over to all of <laughs> the, all women because we're not doing a good job with it here as men. Um, and that, you know, that feminine principle is just... Uh, yeah, a, a deeper bodily relationship, right? Mm. It, 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 it teaches you so, so much that the mind, you could never, ever get to, no matter how many different mind practices or breathwork practices or meditation practices or 
I mean, I, I don't know about both of you guys at this point in my life. I'm practiced and techniqued out, to be honest with you, from doing so much of my own spiritual work and so many different yeah. meditation practices, and yoga practices and meditation practices and plant medicine. And that heart practice has transformed me deeper as a human being than anything that I've delved into because it yeah. slowed me down. It brought me to a more intentional place, a deeper ability to listen to other people, you know, and really, really listen from a, from a place of love. And, and, you know, when you get into that hard practice, the thing that I love about it so much is you can really feel where you're blocked. You know, because you, if, you're, if your heart's blocked, you won't even really be able to enter into it. It's like a force field. And over time, it kind of starts chipping away at the blockages that surround the heart and gets men or women out of their primal lower three centers. And it puts you into a more intentional place. And that's the thing that I love so much about that practice. Yeah. Yeah, I had a, a few things coming up for me listening to you. And to go, to go backwards. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm practiced out. I don't even consider myself like a spiritual, I'm doing air quotes for those of you who can't see, like a spiritual person um, or in like the spiritual community, even though like that is very much my passion. For me, I'm at the point, if it doesn't filter down into my relational human day-to-day -day experience, I don't want it. I throw it out um, because I think that's, the initiation of this time. And I know to kind of bring in a couple of pieces here, like something Steiner talks about in his kind of cosmogony is how we so deeply need a spirituality of our time. Something that's actually connected to the future time stream where almost all of these practices, you know, things that you're mentioning, plant medicine, meditation, yoga, these are all thousands of years old. And it's not that they have no value, but they're incomplete revelations because they're not designed for the modern human being because they, they come from the past. They come from antiquity. It's not a value judgment. That's just what is. And we are actually in a different state of consciousness, just like you were saying, Justin, because we've become so intellectualized, the, the I, the sense of I, what we call the ego has crystallized so much, which was necessary at a certain point, but it crystallized so much that now it's turning in on itself. We are becoming enemies of ourselves and enemies of each other, which is going to lead towards the war of all against all, which is the trajectory of just an intellectual consciousness. And I think all of these practices, most of them, have become intellectualized. Even the body-based practices, and you guys can let me know how, I'm not like bashing anything. This has just been my experience and a lot of people I work with too. Um, even like more body-based practices like, like a yoga can become um, dissociative and, and actually take us further out of the deeper vulnerabilities that are there. Um, because that's also, like you were saying, how the 
people who are so crystallized in their mind, like we've just grown up in conceptuality, right? And so there's going to be like blockages to coming into that heart awareness at first. And then I think there's also another side to it where it's like we have all this unprocessed fucking trauma and all the all this shit in the in the soma um, that also kind of just keeps us popping into the mind. And if we don't have like uh, I'm kind of getting into you know other pieces here, but if we don't have the proper tools for that as well, um, then these things can become very disembodied a lot of these practices so i love um things like heart awareness because it's bringing us out of conceptualization and into the body which is a different consciousness so it's, it's like and I'll, I'll pause here i'm curious what's what's coming up for you guys but it's it's almost like at this moment we are amphibious creatures like we're in inhabiting this intellectual conceptual consciousness which has like become its own thing and then we've lost contact with but are now coming back into remembrance with this bodily feminine what steiner calls the atavistic consciousness yeah. Yeah. which is what we came from so just to set the context here for people like um consciousness evolved over time and so did the world so we didn't move through the world in the same way like human beings 2000 years ago had a completely different experience of reality and they didn't have an individuality as accentuated as we do so if you look at like animals right like a dog they have some level of individuality but it's not nearly as amplified as like uh, you rowan or you or me or justin like it's not like that and so it's more uh species like like tribal you could say like in the past i would be michael the jew i wouldn't be michael right i was more of like it was more of like this tribal kind of unitive consciousness and so we kind of fell out of that and started to crystallize into individuality more and more and into what we lost in that state like if you think of like Australian Aboriginals, right? Like people who have this tribal consciousness, they can actually see nature spirits. Mm -hmm. So it's not a belief. It's not a belief that nature is alive. That's actually how they experience the world. The Romans, the Greeks, there wasn't a belief in Apollo or Athena. They actually experienced those beings, literally. Yes. And so today it's, it's that's why we've fallen into this spell of materialism, right? Because it's not that those things don't exist. It's that we've literally lost that perception. And part of all of the context right now at this time, at this moment in history, we're moving, we're oscillating between this hardened conceptualization and this bodily based figurative imaginal consciousness that can sense presences that can sense essence archetype spiritual influence right and so i think what we're being called into is like a combination of both of those things yeah yeah Wait, I want to we... add to that just real quick and then we're all gonna be we're all gonna be like little horses just chomping at the bit to get in here to get into this conversation. Um, so many hot ticket items and what you <laughs> what you just stated. Um, 
So this process that we're in, right, when at the very beginning, I think, Michael, you might have said, you know, having a lens or a cosmogony that is for our time. Yeah. And so all of, the, all of the people here on this podcast have found a cosmogony that makes sense. And it's through the lens of Steiner's work, which is that we are in this process of re-spiritualization. So the real time impulse is we're in the re-spiritualization arc. So we come as far into the material plane. We've come as far into the material plane as we possibly can. At the end of every epoch, so what Michael was talking about, like these different phases of human evolution, that was a completely different, and then if you really zoom out and you look at like these massive epochs, we are dealing with completely different, you know, going back to even like a Lemurian phase where we're not even fully solid, our ability to even try to conceptualize of that is like, it's just such a completely different time. But we've gone through all of these phases to get to this point, which is earth, the earth phase, right? Which is what density matter. And this is a very sought after position within the cosmogony because it is the point of consolidation. And so there are so many beings who are seeking embodiment, who are seeking a body, <laughs> which would lead us on a whole other conversation, okay? So I won't go there quite yet. Maybe that'll come up in this one. But there, this is, this is, to get to this point, to have this type of a physical form is actually incredible because we are consolidating all previous epochs in the earth phase. And we are also following the impulse which is the re-spiritualization phase. Now, at the end of every epoch, the Lemurian phase, the Atlantean phase, and even just the rise and fall within the human history that let's say the average person would be aware of, what we see are these splits, right? This bifurcation that always takes place because there is typically a portion of the population or a portion of that group that is not able to move into right time so they become stuck in the previous impulse <clears throat> and this is what stops evolution and this is what starts the process of dis-ease and fragmentation and disconnection because you are no longer actually in right time with the universal impulses and what the planet itself is doing and when you do that the practice like you guys were saying, all of that is not even in the right time. <laughs> so it's not going to work. It's like trying to use a spell, but that spell doesn't work in this time. So we need to be updating ourselves to where we're going and where we're going is not adding matter to the body through, you know, something like we're going to talk about in the transhumanist agenda. It's not adding mineral and density to the body. It's actually accreting light into the body so that it can hold more consciousness. But that is a very unpleasant process. <laughs> so I'll pause there for a second. 
um, and I'll let one of you take over. Justin, you're muted, brother. There we are. I love everything you guys just said. Um, and get especially when you were talking, Michael and Rowan, about the the ancient atavistic clairvoyance consciousness, uh, the folk soul that you were talking about of uh, more indigenous tribes. Um, um, you know, us here in the in, in the West. Um, you know we were supposed to have we we were supposed to experience we are supposed to experience what we're experiencing right now right our eye needed to be individualized from those ancient tribes those those, those ancient types of clairvoyance uh when it actually trickled down to the hebrew people um they were actually the first ones that took it out of that folk soul uh, and and, and st started establishing this this heart inward relationship with God, right? Um, and uh, you know, referencing Steiner, um, it, it made me think of the fifth gospel. And uh, I don't know if either, either of you have read that, or if other people have listened to this have read that. Is um, it talks a lot about the the visions that the, that 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 the Christ was having of the Luciferic and Aramonic elements, right? That were taking over human life when when this folk soul wasn't working for them anymore, and and, and a lot of their more, um, I guess, yeah, their 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 comforts, their spiritual comforts. There's multiple scenes of the, the the ones that i love so much in the fifth gospel is when it talks it starts with like from 12 to 18 jesus is preaching to the rabbis and he starts seeing that uh the the ancient jewish tradition that he got brought up in has been is changing now into this more place of law and money and he has this real shattering experience to see this spiritual tradition that he loves so much is becoming monetized and uh so then he's then he leaves 18 to 24 he's traveling um and he's spending time with pagan tribes more earth-based spiritual practices uh and he starts seeing he shows up to this tribe in the fifth gospel and the people there are all sickly mentally physically sick and they're looking at him as he's like this priest that's 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 come to save them and but they're really actually dependent on their old ways right getting into these old ways right and christ is standing out over these people and he's having visions of all of the gods and goddesses that these people are are geared towards are actually infused with the luciferic and aramonic demons right and that this folk soul atavistic clairvoyance is 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 no longer working and that the need for human beings to be individualized is 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 a real thing our ego go ahead oh dude you just clicked something it just clicked for me so 
exactly what Justin's saying here, right? Is base he's Justin's basically describing the point at which human consciousness it it was like the past version. We're at the next point of this. We're at the next juncture. What Justin's describing is the juncture where there was a shift from the optimistic, which means like this nature-based imaginal seeing you know gods and goddesses type of consciousness a tribal consciousness and shifting into this material individualized i i am michael and that needed to happen because there was a point where those influences were starting to overcome the human will like they, we had no real free will uh in that as that was happening because we were constantly being influenced you know by this god and that god and so there had to be um, that split, right? And so that is what brought free will into the individual. And just want to, we can, all, we can come back to this, but just want to, to bookmark this here too, in terms of how that free will so so two things on this is one is like the reason why we can't just use practices from the past now is because it's like if we're trying to use those that, that path of awakening that descending arc if we're trying to go backwards and use these paths to awaken it can only take us to that unitive state of consciousness of oneness before the ego before the free will I am developed. And so it would actually be a regression of consciousness. Mm. And so that's why it can't take us further. It's a stagnant um, impulse. It's not an evolutionary impulse anymore. And it's not bad or wrong. It's not a value judgment. It's just what it is, right? And so we need, that's why we're creating something. We're doing something that's never been done before. And what Justin was also describing was the evolution of the god idea of the conception of god of how we can conceive of god and experience god and that whole era of the christ impulse incarnating and all and i feel like maybe getting into that would perhaps might be beyond the scope of this i don't know um oh, i but, would agree with you i think it is yeah, because that has to be its own like episode. So people, people, would, people would have to study and have some type of a work and knowledge of Steiner's work to understand right. that. I, I think what we're speaking, you know, the thing that I love about, you know, Christ so much and the Christ impulse, you know, is that, you know, what we're talking about, people that are listening to this conversation and us, and we're experiencing it right now. Like I said, it works through people. So just this conversation, and he works anonymously, which is the best part of him, you know. Uh, people don't even have to know that what we're talking of is actual, you know, uh, some some form of a Christian awakening or a Christian initiatory process. You know, this is what just is. We're just three people that are, you know, having a conversation. And I do agree. I, you know, I agree with you. I, I believe without any reference point to Steiner's work that we could lose people in this conversation yeah. if we if we keep it on that. Um, so. I'll add something that will ground a little bit, but I mean, we are talking about 
we are talking about Christ. We are talking about Armand. We're talking about Lucifer. We're talking about those impulses and how that relates to, I mean, all of it. Like that's, that information is even the frequency behind what you're sharing is so yeah. transformational. So that alone, right. Even if you don't understand like some part of something in there, something in there is going to land into the, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I want to say this process of individuation, right? Like, I wish you could have repeated, Michael, what you said. And the people listening, maybe you rewind and kind of re-listen to what he just said, because that was pretty profound. Um, but I guess to ground it now in this moment, you know, so many people are going through massive relationship transitions. Um, that is so up in our faces. And Michael, you even said at one point, you know, if if the practice doesn't have to do with the relational practicality, then you're not really interested. And that is so important right now because as we're, you know, dealing with all these concepts and understanding and integrating uh, where we are in time and space, the biggest thing is we're coming back home to ourselves so that we can be interdependent so that through that individuation, we can then come back into a collective. But like Justin was saying in the beginning, a heart-based collective, yeah. not a ego-based collective based on fragmentation and trauma. Um, and so we have so many people going through relational transitions, you know, partners, friendships, family members, and it's that process of individuation rubbing up against another person's process of individuation. And oftentimes, you know, who you were when you met somebody even five years ago or two years ago, the amount of catalyzing forces in people's lives that have really put them in a pressure cooker to shift and transform has created a lot of authenticity to emerge within people. And so the person that they thought they were two or three or four years ago is not that person. And we're seeing incompatibilities crop up that, you know, if the person knew themselves better before, wouldn't have happened. But I just see all these people starting to know themselves. Maybe yeah. for the first time ever. And not only just know themselves, but actually own themselves and own all of the parts of themselves fully and completely. Because in that process, then you find the tribe, the community, and the people that you can be interdependent with that are actually based off of your soul's original essence, not based off of whatever personalities you develop to socially survive, or in, a, in some people's cases, in a lot of people's cases, or just not connecting at all and completely shutting down from the world. And we have so many people that have been so heartbroken, so you know, wounded and just brutalized by their human experience with other people. And it's like, well, the heart is what's been targeted in these people. The heart is what has been shattered and broken. And it's through that fracture of the heart and through that wounding that we get sucked into those lower nature, the harmonic, the Luciferic impulse. And it's not, you know, like when we talk about this and we have this conversation, it's not a, a to judge that, right? And to say, you're being luciferic, you're being harmonic. It's to say every single fucking person on this planet has those impulses. Our job is to recognize what wounding that's coming through 
so that we can take care of that, so that we can lead forward with our hearts, so that we can rehabilitate our hearts, and so that we can remember what it means to actually establish love on this planet. That is the, the role, right, of like breaking these generational curses, being the, the people paving the way. It's very, very challenging because you don't necessarily know, like Michael was saying, we're doing something brand new for this time right now. So we're, you know, nobody knows exactly <laughs> like what the fuck they're doing. That, 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 that like, was, team up. That, trying yeah. to team up with the people who we think might know something and then we're like gang gang let's have a conversation okay go ahead that was my whole point of bringing up the fifth gospel right we got to at the end was i believe that those visions that christ was having with with those pagan tribes right um where the, the people are sickly they're falling apart they're mentally ravaged and they don't even know what's going on because you know they're they're they're, they're doing their lives and they're doing their spiritual practices and they're you know, but there's something crumbling, right? That That is like, needs to crumble, but they don't really know that they, this needs to crumble, right? So they're just like, their world's ending, you know? And I believe the we're witnessing that again right now in, in this society. When you're talking, Rowan, about the incompatibilities and in human relationship and people and this and that, man, like all I could really think about was that it's, it, it's really happening in the men a lot more than it's happening in women. You know, I, I'm seeing women in my life being strong and resilient and heart-centered and wise and loving and aware. And I'm seeing men are just crumbling and uh, their bodies don't even look the same. Men have less muscle than they had Um even when I was growing up, I'm 42 years old. They're less athletic driven. It looks like their bodies are slumping in on each other. Like there's this like shame that is being stored in, 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 in their body and they're trying to protect their body. And all of us, men and women, like our, our, our sexual energy with each other is completely whacked out. And it's all based upon conditioning and pornography. And, and it's, it's not of God. And it's all, all these crazy sexual fetishes and, uh, um, you know, it's, 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 it's turning in on, on society. We, we, the, the, and this is what we were talking about with those aromatic elements, right? Yeah. I want to, I want to just jump in for one second and say something too, that this is like almost to be expected, like within an unconscious society, because the wounding is so immense that the, the strategies that have been given in mass dose are the coping is everywhere. You can fucking cope your way to death. Yeah. And that is exactly why we need to be having these types of conversations, because if there is not an alternative and you don't even understand what you're playing out. It's a repeating playing out, trying to get somehow, if I can replay it out in this way and I can get it to turn out differently, then somehow I've been able to conquer that thing. And it never turns out that way. It's like this endless seeking to try to complete something with, by dancing with 
the harmonic and luciferic spirits and by dancing in those worlds and yeah i can i, can I bring in something there go up um were you finished with that thought or was there something else right well, I, I guess the, 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 I have one final sentence to say yeah. that the only yeah. men, the only men that I see that are really living, like living, right, right now, there's a lot of people walk around breathing, right? I'm talking living, right? The only men that I see in my life personally that are living are ones that are tapped into this heart feminine awareness. The only ones that I see. Yeah. And I'm around a lot of men every day. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's the only ones well, that I see that are tapped into this heart space and, and more in tune yeah. with the feminine aspect of their own nature. Uh, the wisdom, the resilience, the heart, the devotion, the love, the compassion. Th those, th those are the only men that I see that are actually living fruitful, noble lives. Yeah. That makes complete sense too, because I think what we're touching on here is that part of the initiation of this time, which is the feminine initiation, which is a descent into the body. It's not a rise. The feminine is not on the rise. She is descending. The goddess is descending. And to ground this down super practically, what that means is we have to confront all of the deep, unprocessed, pain so deep that if you just felt it if there was no coping if there was no posturing if there was no it would you it would be complete psychosis immediately speaking from experience and so it makes sense <laughs> just like, yeah everyone's here it's like yeah me too. Me too. Um, it makes sense because men especially have not learned how to emote especially so there's a whole another layer on top of that um, but to also tie this into like what um, we've been talking about here with these parts, the way that, so just to like super briefly, I know we should have done this probably like a half an hour ago, but like super briefly for people listening, if you're not familiar with Luciferic and Aramonic forces, these are simply principles of the universe. Just like gravity is a principle, it's the Luciferic impulse or it's a principality an energy in a, a movement in the universe we it, we could say entity but it's not like a being like you and me you know what i'm saying so we don't experience it like that but this isn't something like oh this is from the bible and it's a christian it's just a word that it's describing a, a nature of the cosmos right and so the luciferic impulse is this um amplification of self-delusion we could call it like an unenlightened ecstasy. That's why a lot of people who go into plant medicine ceremonies or just, just do constant meditative practice and spiritual work, they're just disconnected from reality and they're just, and, and they get very easy to fall into self-delusion because there's no actual discernment. We're not actually discerning and this is where it ties into parts work because these forces hijack us through our unintegrated parts. If I'm not aware that I'm in a regressed, developmentally wounded stage, like my five-year-old self who experienced this trauma is active right now, 
that is like pinging the astral where these forces can just amplify that and I become super deluded. So if we don't have this very basic integrative trauma somatic awareness where we can't discern what's even happening inside of ourselves and then we start to go into the spiritual world, that confusion is just like times a thousand. And that's like the Luciferic impulse. It's also the impulse of like, that a lot of people get sucked in, in like uh, positions of power because it amplifies the sense of self. Oh, I'm this powerful person who can do this thing, right? That's that piece. And then the Aramonic piece. Do you, wanna, Justin, do you wanna talk? Power is the reward yeah. for Araman and Lucifer, right? That's, mm. that's the reward. So it has a romantic connotation to it. So it's very easy for people to fall into that snare, you know? And I just wanted to like give a little bit more context to Armand. I shared this in that little group chat to give the people because I really thought this was like profound when I found this. I was searching the origins of Armand a little bit earlier yesterday, and it, the first known written words of Armand, right, are, 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 are the first inclination of his existence was from the Zoroastrian tradition, right, Zoroastra ancient Persia, and it was in the Gathas, which is their written text. And he, the word was a root word of Angra Manu. And the Angra Manu means um, evil spirit, evil mind, evil thought, right? So it, it told me right there, okay, so this, this principle exists within us, right? It exists within us. It's like a slumbering giant inside of all of us. Me, Michael, Rowan, everybody listening. We all have these Aramonic and Luciferic principles inside of us. We're born with them. And Steiner will say that when it comes into anthroposophy and his explanation of Araman is that this is basically our cross, right? Lucifer and Araman our, our, is our cross, to crucify ourselves on, to be rebirthed into that Christ principle, that heart principle, right? Um, and the way that they are a dual, like, so if you know any old pictures, ancient pictures of St. Michael, where he has one foot on the serpent with his sword at the snake and at the shield, he's got the, he's deflecting a dragon. And that's Lucifer and Araman. Lucifer is the serpent, Araman is the dragon, right? So Lucifer really exists within us, namely in our lower three chakras, right? Our, our, our root sacrum and solar plexus, our will forces, our sexual energy, our uh, stability, our destabilizing forces, right? And Araman really is more societal, is more on the outer fringes right and 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 uh really gets invited in through powerful networks governments science um technology is 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 really where steiner says that the incarnation of araman is going to birth itself is through technology right um you know when people hear incarnation they're thinking like of a human birth right that no but this these devices that we're so sucked into on a daily basis that we're on right now to even do this podcast although we walk around within our pockets have just incredible aramonic influence over us right it's constant bombardment 
It's constant distraction. It's access to any darkness that we want to tap into, right? That warps the mind. Um, and a lot of these, you know, more powerful networks of, uh, that we're ruled by, our ruling classes, um, our pharmaceutical companies, anything to, anything to really degrade the etheric body of the human being, right? Drugs, alcohol, sex, our etheric body. Stein will say the human being is comprised of a physical body, etheric body and our astral body our etheric body is the bodily organ clairvoyant bodily organ of our health right both spiritual and physical if you get into steiner he'll say things like you know daily prayer and daily spiritual practice uh you, you know namely like the lord's prayer um and some of his his all his, all of his meditative practices are intended to strengthen the, the etheric forces of the body, right? And our etheric body, which also feeds our astral body, our soul, which actually f fuels our connection to the divine and is allowed for us to bring that source into our physical body, which enlivens and that, that word that we were talking, Michael, ensoulment, right? It really, it, it, it really activates that ensoulment process. And when you come into contact with this, uh, the soul is very, very alive. And it has a very vivid life inside of us. And when you can get quiet enough and into this ensoulment of self, right? I mean, I, 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 I speak for myself, but I know the two of you, will, everything in your life changes. Everything in your life changes. You, uh, when you start seeing these principles and, 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 and seeing your own Luciferic and Aramonic principles, your own tendencies to strip yourself away from the divine and 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 bring these demonic forces. when I, I say the word demonic i don't mean like like you know like well i do actually it, it, they, they are they, they steiner will use the word evil a lot but not in a way to bring any shame to anybody right we have those tendencies inside of us and through our practice uh that strengthens this etheric force inside of us prayer community living more intentional putting the devices down nature right reading scripture coming into human community conversations like this helping people helping people is really the the the, the, the number one service to back to humanity selfless acts right these are the only way it's, it's like this is an unseen war we're at right now with with hierarchies from the spiritual world, right? We are in that right now. And these beings, not everything in the astral plane is there for our betterment, you know? And so, you know, right now we're experiencing the, dis the disconnection among humanity, the, the mental illness, the, uh, I, I live in a city. I mean, the, 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 the blatant open psychosis that you see just walking around any city in America right now um you know the masks the fucking being stuck on devices the open yeah drug markets that are all over our country um you know these are all uh you know man woman falling prey to these aramonic influences and 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 in essence they're, they're, they're the living embodiment of us losing this war right right in front of us but 
It is in our human communities based on love, human communities. So finding something close to y'all where you live that is human, connected, people touching people's hearts, right? This is the silent weapon that we have on this earth, right? To bring in the angelic hierarchies and bring in the Christ. This, this, is, this, this is that Christ force in action. It, it is totally up to us, totally up to us. Steiner will say that, you know, some apocalyptic type of event, uh, you know, he doesn't really say whether or not human humanity is going to make it out of this, right? Is It's up to us to make it out of this. So it is up to us to enact our love in our human community based on love, based on service. This is our way out of this. And this is the way out of the depressing atmosphere that the powers that be have beset upon all of us. It's the only way out. Because without each other, we have nothing. Yeah, I'll, I'll end with that on my rant. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um, I just wanted to say, too, because I wanted Michael to um, kind of give your piece about Armon and the definition, kind of the definition of that, because you went through the Lucifer and then you piggybacked, and that was like adding so many fucking amazing pieces. So, do you still, yeah. still share that part? Yeah, and I. Um, on Justin's last note, I think it's a good segue into like another, you know, dimension of what the harmonic influence is. And it is a density, right? It's a dent because it's, it's the spirit of materialism. That's what Arman is, is spirit of materialism, a 100% material consciousness, intelligence. And, and how we experience that is density, heaviness, depression, like you're saying. And so what we're seeing is literally the cultural, like manif societal manifestation of that. And it's also um, an impulse moving towards control, because what that impulse wants to do is control human free will. And so that's why we see the state is actually a crystallization of the harmonic influence because we're outsourcing our autonomy to this thing that's trying to gain control over us. And so there's a, a piece here. I don't want to get too deep into this because this is something like I just started decoding and it's like a whole nother thing, but there's a piece here that of like that, the heart consciousness getting into this space that we're talking about, which is the space of the Christ impulse, which is like that middle point, the zero point between the two polarities, these for an arm on, like Justin was saying. Um, that, what that does is it births a higher morality in the human being. So we actually don't need this external force to create co cohesion or what, what are, was the word? Coercion, coherence. I don't know. Cohesiveness. Yeah. <laughs> All of those words. We don't need this external force to create some sort of social cohesion, so it's not just complete chaos. Because that's what we're depending on the state for right now. So, what the organic impulse to bring this in? The artificial and the organic impulse. The organic impulse is the Christ impulse that says, "Does not matter 
has nothing to do with Jesus, the person, if you believe Jesus or Christianity, has nothing to do with that. It's literally the organic blueprint of the, of the divine mind is the Christ impulse, essentially. And that's our like authentic, natural evolutionary trajectory. And what that would birth in the human is a higher morality so that we can actually like depend upon our connection to the divine to be able to navigate relationships and like to have political structure and all that shit, right? And then the other impulse playing out right now that we're literally seeing, like what Justin was describing with the masks and the vax and the this and the increased control and more rules and more agenda, more manipulation. That is this artificial aramonic path. It's also related to AI and transhumanism um, because we're giving over our will to something. We're yeah. giving over our identity to this you know we have social media identities we have virtual identities and what that's going to be it's going to be a world which is called this is called the eighth sphere if this were to play out this trajectory timeline it would lead to something called the eighth sphere which is a world where there's no free will it's complete control and it's com we have lost complete connection to the spiritual world we'd be completely severed um from the spiritual world. It would be completely material. It'd be a singularity consciousness. It, it's like just having, the thing about the Christ consciousness is it is a, an individual unity. If that's the paradox of Christ, that's why it's a mystery. That's why it has to go beyond the mind because it's both. Whereas the past consciousness was just unity, right? But then, it's an inversion. So are, are you guys seeing what I'm saying here? Like the artificial um, consciousness, it's an inversion of that unitive state because it's like, it's like what you see in movies. Like if you've ever seen like Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise or some of these like alien movies or even like fucking iRobot or something where like there's like a robotic consciousness and there's a whole bunch of robots, but they're not actually individuals. It's all one they're all just carbon copies of the same thing that's what the eighth sphere is and that's what what this ai transhumanism impulse is where we have fucking men trying to transfer our consciousness into a machine but that machine would take over our we wouldn't we would lose our etheric forces which is that's how we connect to infinity so this is a finite consciousness it's a closed system whereas an organic consciousness is an open system it's receiving its sustenance from the father and how it receives that is through the mother through the sophia through the soul yes and what what we've lost and i'm sure you could speak to this justin and you too rowan is what we've lost we've lost the fucking soul of the world we've lost it and that's why we have to come back to the body and the heart because that's how we can perceive that presence, that's the only way we could connect to the transcendent father principle in the body, in relationships. Think about it, we can't do it through fucking meditating and, and leaving your body. That no. does not help you when you're fucking relating with people in real life. And so this, these are all the pieces of the, the feminine initiation. Well, I, I think to, to piggyback off of what you said, 
Michael, you know, that endless meditations and endless plant medicine and all that, uh, you know, um, I think it, I know it, it, it creates a, a hardening of the ego and a narcissism, right. That just runs wild. And, uh, you know, I've sat in a lot of those plant medicine circles. I've sat with ayahuasca many times. I've, 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 I've sat with, uh, psilocybin, um, and, uh, you know, I met a really, a lot of good people, but every single person that I met that started running those type of, um, circles, uh, fell prey to their own narcissism. Um, and, you know, what we're trying to do right now in society, everybody feels so unsafe in their own bodies. So if you're constantly leaving your body, right, then you, you're not creating a home inside of yourself, you know? So if you're projecting, you know, how many times can you expand consciousness? You know, like what we really need, exactly we're talking about getting into the bodily, it's heart expansion that we need. It's not expansion of consciousness that we need. We have all the expansiveness of the mind that we could ever like tap into at will, you know, at any time really in, 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 in the history of the world. I mean, there are meditation centers everywhere, yoga, and this again, this isn't bashing any of this stuff, but like you said earlier, like we all said earlier, that this is a time of rising out of old comforts spiritually, that we need to find something new. There's a newness that's being birthed that needs to be birthed. Yeah, you know, and, um, you know, everybody is, you know, just running around on a hamster wheel right now, trying to figure out what the fuck to do with themselves. And, uh, you know, what that ends up doing is just creating this huge impulse of fear in the collective, right? And then once fear kicks in, forget about it. It is lost, right? Because the mind just starts rat racing and looking for control and rationality and this and that. And we were saying earlier before in the pre-conversation, you know, the thing that about the body and faith, real faith, is an allowance of God to be God. We just have to allow God to take the steering wheel and a real surrender, a real surrender. And if you've had a real surrender experience, you know it because it is disruptive. <laughs> it is not fun. Uh, it is a radical peeling away of every fucking thing that you could possibly grasp onto to control. Uh, one, one term that's thrown around way too loosely in spiritual circles is dark night of the soul. If you ever had really experienced one, it is buckle the fuck up, not fun. Like it, 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 it is not grief. It is not depression. It is not sadness. It is its own thing. You know, if anybody wants to reference what I'm saying and read any deeper on it, St. John of the Cross has many, many different teachings. He's actually the one that kind of brought it into, um, into, the, in, into the consciousness of human beings. And the other thing about the, a dark night of the soul experience is it is strictly a Christian initiation process strictly right um not to say that you know people of all other faiths can't have this experience they can but a dark night of the soul experience is a radical peeling away of the psychological structures that have built up around the self the eye 
right? Everything is peeled away. Uh, I, I went through this about two and a half years ago, two years ago. It was a hell ride. That's how I met Rowan. <laughs> um, she became my somatic practitioner during this. And uh, a real experience with surrender is... It's it, so it, it 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 works somewhere in between desire and will forces, right? Is is the best way? It's so hard to describe what surrender is to people. Well, safety. It requires safety. It requires a lot of safety. And that's. I just want to say one quick thing. We're, we'll probably wrap this podcast episode up soon. Just in the fact that. You guys, there's so much here that we want to talk about, and this is our first time even just jamming on this. So we're we're we'll probably come back and add more things too, um, and maybe even listen back to our own episode and and think about maybe what we left out because there's so much. Um, but I want to leave this piece in here just to piggyback off of the safety, and then maybe we'll all make kind of some closing remarks on what how we want to seal this up today so that safety and what you were saying justin and i know that michael feels the same way um that's really the revolution that i want to inspire within everybody who listens to this podcast because or, or is hearing this message like you like no one else is going to do it so you have to be the one to set the tone and set the standard for the relationships in your life and it's very understandable to be fearful of that to be scared of that to not know what that's going to look like or feel like but the way that we have been having relationships with this planet with one another and with ourselves is not working and you know that, right? It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. So my request is if you, if you came to listen to this, you're already on this path. And so take, please take a practice, a very basic practice of just requiring some regulation, some nervous system regulation within your relationships. Can you talk to, this is something that actually because Michael and I both live in Asheville. And so this is something that I have actually been able to practice through him because he was the one that was really wanting to, to set the tone with that, with a nervous system practice, because he's had more um, exposure to people who, you know, do that type of thing. So it wasn't, you know, as big, I guess, as big of a thing for him to bring that up and also just a need for him in relationships. And so, it was so beautiful to have that invitation and different and unique and strange and vulnerable and scary. And um, what I noticed within myself is that there's actually so much emotional content under the surface at any given moment, oftentimes within the relational field, that people are terrified to, to check in with their own body because if they check in with their own body, they are going to be flooded with things that they are terrified if flood out of them is going to create a negative situation with the person in front of them, whether that's abandonment, rejection, the person like smothering them in some way. Um, so we have to be mindful of that and we have to create a lot of spaciousness 
and, and ask yourself, do I have the capacity to do this with another person? For how long? What are the boundaries I'm going to set on this? Um, you get to do that. And we get to, we get to walk into the world with the assumption that most people are carrying relational trauma that they are coping with in ways that their relationships or society have never allowed them to process or be authentic about. And so I think a lot of people would be happy to have that opportunity. Now, certainly there's people running around who have really regulated nervous systems and, and that, you know, it, I've seen it, it does happen, you know, that just kind of go with the flow kind of people. They just don't seem to have, it's, it is, it's pretty rare. It is pretty rare. Which <laughs> I operate on the assumption that people are carrying something that they're masking something. And then I am starting to create a conversation around that and a space where people can be honest about what they might be masking <laughs> so that there's even an option to maybe not do that and to choose something else. And that's where the free will comes in. That's where the evolution comes in. That's where our power comes in. And that's where we get to actually be creators, conscious creators in our life now in this moment like that's possible through practicing everything that we you know insolment embodiment and then also doing that with relationships again. okay <laughs> i love it that was great i think that's a great place to end that's a great way to cap it off right there good. Good. i agree so, i don't have anything else <laughs> You know, everybody just stay tuned because the the trio gang is probably going to come out with another episode at some point and share this episode with other people if you want to uh, expand them and, and maybe bring them into their body as well. And yeah, thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad that this God-ordained conversation happened. I am too. Thank you both. And I, I appreciate being invited into this space to do this with both of you and um, to come into connection and meet Michael and, uh, you know, further my work with you, Rowan. Um, I'm just, I'm really humbled and grateful that we just were able to have this conversation that we had. I feel it's going to probably have a hard time sleeping tonight because now my body's all revved up. But, uh, yeah. I just want to thank you both. Yeah. Uh, totally reflecting that sentiment on this feeling so much, but in a good way, I'm feeling very alive, very enlivened um, because this, these are the conversations, you know, these are the conversations that needed to fucking happen. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah. who's ever listening, thank you for listening. You're meant to be here. And, um, yeah. and we love you from across the ether. Yeah. We're sending you our love. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Hey, no, wait, wait, wait. Before we sign off, real quick. Where can people find you? That's so unprofessional. Oh, oh shit, hey, girl. How'd you forget that? So you can find me at rowangarlow.com or at rowangarlow on Instagram. And you can, you can find me on Instagram or on Facebook. I don't think either one of my accounts are 
private, they're, 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 they're public, and I am very welcome and open to anybody reaching out to me to talk and connect. And, um, and if anybody's in the Boston area and wants to meet in person and discuss how we create more human communities based upon this, I'm very open to that as well. So that's how you find me. Um, Y'all can connect with me, namely on Instagram, um, at it is Michelangelo. And I'll put all the links to everything in the description below. Okay. Peace, everyone. And <laughs>